you would open your uh, Bibles to the 16th chapter of John, I guess it might be more appropriate to say, good evening, how you doing? Now open your Bibles to the 16th chapter of John, starting with verse 1. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They'll put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time's coming that whoever kills you will think he's offered service to God. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now... I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he's come, he'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he'll not speak on his own authority, but when whatever he hears, he'll speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. For he will take care of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Daryl, would you pray for this service? Pray for me. I've been under attack for a week. I'm tired of this. And if I have to do this every now and then, just be thankful you're not up here close to me. So, I want to talk tonight about... The Holy Spirit, I don't know whether this is going to be a, a, a teaching or a preaching, but I just pray that you have ears to hear what the Spirit of God, who is a He and not an It. Whenever you refer to the Holy Spirit, it's not It, it is He. He is the third person of the Trinity. I'm going to start in Matthew 12, verse 22. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute. And he healed him so that the blind and mute man spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they'll, they'll be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or... How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he'll plunder his house. But he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Therefore, I say to you, 
Every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. Pretty frightening scripture, don't you think? That's God's view of the third person, the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're sitting there wondering, well, I wonder if I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. I doubt it because you're having enough conviction inside of you. I believe it's something that uh, is... I've read commentaries, and they say that this was a rare thing because these, these people had actually seen Jesus perform miracles, and they were attributing that to the enemy. I don't know if it's any different for today. I'm just telling you, I'd be real careful about, if you're here tonight and you do not believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit or you've never experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit where you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, I I pray be open to it. Don't. This, this is a full gospel church, by the way. That's supposed to be happening here. I remember I went, uh, Dad and us boys went fishing in Tennessee, down Dale Hollow, went smallmouth fishing. And I had to get to church somewhere. And I found this little uh, denominational church. And I went in and uh, had a nice Sunday school. And then I went up to the, to the main service. And the pastor was up there talking. He started talking about people talking in tongues. And he was making fun of it. And he said, well, he said, I get, I'm confused enough just talking in this one tongue I got, let alone another one. So I didn't rebuke him, but I, I went up to him after the service. He shook my hand, and I said, my friend, now I want to tell you something. If you do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that is your choice. But you are on very thin ice when you start mocking the Holy Ghost, mocking the work of the Holy Ghost. It is of God, and you better watch yourself. You are on very thin ice. Have a good day. He's a pastor. I didn't want to show disrespect, but I, I remember when it happened to me. I went, I was visiting a Pentecostal church on Sunday nights because this little Methodist church I got saved in only had one service a week. I was just wanting something more. And, and the preacher got up there talking. He said, if anyone has not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and would like to come up and, and be filled, come up. I mean, I was only maybe two or three months old in the Lord, and I thought, why not? So, there I went up, some people prayed for me, and I, I started speaking in tongues. Oh, I was so excited, I went back to church the following Sunday. The excitement dwindled there. I went to the lay leader, and, and I said, this wonderful thing happened to me. I went up front to get prayed for, to be filled with Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit and it happened. As I started praying in tongues, he goes, oh, he said, oh, you, you watch that. He said, that's of the devil. I said, dang. I said, I, I run bars for years and never heard anyone speak in tongues. You would think if you're going to hear, if it's of the devil, surely you would hear it in bars. I said, I've never heard anyone speak in, in tongues in bars. Heard them say a lot of things they shouldn't say, or I said a few of them myself. So I went to the pastor and told him, pastor at the time, he said, he's wrong. He said, you keep pursuing it. Even though we don't preach on that here, he said, you keep pursuing it, it's real. And so 
I know it's real because the enemy still, still, after all these years, I got saved in 1982 and was filled shortly thereafter, and the enemy still fights me every time I start praying in the Holy Ghost. I hear this thing says, oh, you don't really think that works, do you? Then, yes. For him to fight it that hard, this must really be good. So I don't know what your experience was or if you've even been filled with a Holy Ghost, but I'm going to, I hope I can calm some fears and some doubts and maybe even a little bit of confusion tonight. Let's go to the third chapter of Matthew. Verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his neck, his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. He'd fit right in here, wouldn't he? And in, in by all counts, we would call John the Baptist today if he were around. We'd say, he, he, he's odd. He's just different, different from us. That's what we'd say about him. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan. They were seeing something, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Welcome. Actually, that's not what he said. He said, brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. From even now, the axes laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. He will. He will. Jesus, there's this, I don't know whether it's a fear of the Holy Spirit, but Jesus, anytime you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, it's because Jesus is doing it. He said, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm going to. We trust Jesus with everything, don't we? He's worthy to be trusted. He's the one who baptizes us in the Holy Ghost. Now turn to uh, Luke 24. I remember growing up, hearing about these people that spoke in tongues, and I put them right up there with the snake handlers. And then when I was getting ready to go over to that church, a guy who was kind of a mentor to me, he said, now look, I'm warning you ahead of time. When you come over here to this church tonight, he said, just be open. Because you're going to see some things, like you, you don't see at church on Sunday where you're going. And he said, I promise you, you wouldn't see in a Catholic church. 
He said, just be open. He said, I'm telling you, just sit back and watch it. And I was, there's someone to give a message in tongues. And there were people up there, they were dancing around. I, I loved it. I thought, this, this place has got some life. Jesus is the baptizer. Now, Luke 24, starting with verse 44. And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now look, he had already died. He had been resurrected. And he's telling them now, he said, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Just a normal day, right? Can you imagine watch Jesus go up and the last thing he said to you, tarry at Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The church without the Holy Ghost is a powerless church. We have got to have the Holy Ghost in our lives. We've got to have. He leads us into all truth. We've got to be filled. The enemy fears people who want an infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because if we start praying in the Holy Ghost, things happen that don't happen any other time. Acts, let's turn to Acts 2. I'm sorry, Acts 1. Verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Right? Isn't that what he just said? You tarry here until you're endued with power from on high. Which... He said, you've heard from me, but for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Like, what the heck? Where'd that come from? Like, what are we having for lunch? Have you noticed the disciples did that constantly? If you go through the scriptures, it says, yeah, I'm going to be crucified and died. I'm going to be, uh, the Son of Man is going to suffer many things. They said, great. When, when, you, when you have your kingdom, can, I, can one sit on the right? One of my sons sit on the right, one on the left. Really? So he's telling them, you're going to be endued with power. Now, I don't know whether they were nervous as they asked his question or they just didn't listen to him. 
He said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now when they had spoken, he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight, like we read in Luke. That'd be quite a thing to watch, would it not? I still can't imagine, often wonder what it's going to be like in the rapture. How in the world CNN and everyone is going to explain those graves, open up, people going up in the air, and you and I meet them in the air to meet the Lord. Yeah, there's been a strange phenomenon lately. You better be part of it. Because you think that was strange, you get left behind. Excuse me. You want to see a strange phenomenon. Second chapter. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They should be, because that's what he told them to do, right? You tarry here until you're endued with power from on high. You wait for the promise of the Father. Then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind... And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. How many of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues? I'm telling you, it is, it is a wild ride. And nothing about it makes sense. Nothing. I thought, well, you know what, Lord? I'm in. I'm stepping out of the boat. Power comes with it. That's why the enemy fights it so much. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own tongue. People from everywhere were around there and said, hey, wait, how can this happen? All these people are speaking in tongues. We understand them. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they're full of new wine. They've hit the bottle. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all you who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days that says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And on my maidservants and my... Men servants and all my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, 
They shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire, vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you imagine seeing it? They were saying, oh, these guys are crazy. They're drunk. They're out of their mind. So what happens today? They've gone off on the deep end. What in the world? Is that? Oh, they're probably going out there where they speak in tongues. Is it one of them tongue-talking churches? Yes. Yes, people ask me. They ask me, because I'll tell my guys at school. Do you know you that kind of church? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. When I... When I went to church and was drinking, I was all right. But when I got saved and got filled with the Holy Spirit, then I became a problem. Now, he's, he's just gone too far now. We all need to go too far. We, we all need the infilling of the Spirit of God. We need a fresh anointing. There is a need tonight for God's power to fall not only in this church, but in this nation. We need the power of God. I've, I know that uh, one of the things that Ted Cruz says, he said, you know, we've we got to have someone who's going to go against Hillary because we're just one judge away from having a majority of liberals. And while he's, what he's saying is true, Proverbs 21 says, 21.1 says, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord like rivers of water. He turns it wherever he will and says, God, just save them. If they're lost, if God could save Nebuchadnezzar and you and me, I don't think a Supreme Court judge God is perplexed with. I don't. I think he'll save them just like he saved you and I. And that's what I'm praying. So, God, you pour out your, your spirit in this country. I pray whoever you put in office next will love you. Be led by your spirit. Whoever it is. I know the answer is not in a party. That I do know. It's been a party, all right. A party to watch. Ephesians 5. Verse 8 says, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See, then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. 
And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are, in, we are in such a crazy time in a church across America. It's all right in churches to drink. Are you serious? Well, I'm, it, it, I'm just a casual drinker. It, it's, it's one of the poorest witnesses there is for a Christian. I, I, haven't, I haven't drank a beer since Easter Sunday, 1982. I haven't had it. God delivered me from alcohol, and shortly thereafter, he saved me. But I want to tell you what. I promise you, because there are days when it's hot outside, I'm just telling you, a a cold miller still sounds good to me. After all these years, I, I think my body would probably go into convulsions, but it still sounds good. But I promise you that if that ever happened, first of all, I'd have to buy it. Then, as soon as I went, one of my brothers or both of them would pull in the driveway. So let's go fishing. Oh, you got the beer? Cool. And I could throw all these years away in one. Because I'm telling you, the world is looking for something that's real. And the Word of God tells us you abstain from all appearance of evil. And remember, we just read, Jesus said, "When when I send a spirit, he comes you. He's going to guide you into all truth. There is no way I believe a Christian should be putting alcohol in their body. No way. It's too quiet. This place should be full of amens. Because I want to tell you what, I grew up in a family of casual drinkers. Did we not? There are family gatherings, casual drinkers who always had a a tap on the refrigerator. I thought it was standard equipment on the refrigerator as a kid. Just, but they're just casual. They're, thank God they're like, not like people who have drinking problems. So one of the things I told Dad one day, we were down at Sharon Cafe, and it had just been bugging me because I was reading about alcoholics. And I said, Dad, I've been reading. And they're telling me that the symptoms that an alcoholic has, I'm displaying. It's like they're painting a picture. He said, oh, he said, you, you don't have a drinking problem. He said, we're, we're just Catholic. I said, Dad, I don't think it's got anything to do with Catholic. He said, we're German. I said, I don't even think it's got anything to do with being German. I said, I think we're just drunks. I do. I said, you and me and Rick and Scott, we come down here several nights a week, and we say, I could quit any time I wanted. Me too. I know I could. Hey, could you just give us another round here? I said, it's always tomorrow. I said, Dad, you, you see, it's us. I said, I think I've got a problem. No, you're all right. And it was, I know as I look back on it, it was God stirring me to stop. It was God who spoke through Keith. It was one of the most eye-opening things I ever had in my life. Keith was like four years old, and we were shooting pool on Easter Sunday and drinking. Isn't that what everyone does? I heard him in the other room. He was bragging about me as a father, as a son does about his father. Sons look up to their fathers. And all I heard him say was, 
Well, my dad likes beer. He drinks beer every day. It wasn't a script that someone told him to say. I knew this four-year-old had been taking notes, and that was his picture of me, that I was someone who drank beer every day. Listen, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I, I don't believe a believer can be baptized in the Holy Ghost and think drinking's okay. That's kind of sad, it's that quiet. It's a very, very poor witness. A very poor witness. I know I've, I've told you the story before about a, I never knew his real name. His name was, we called him Stretch. He was a kid about six, seven, and if he turned sideways and stuck out his tongue, he'd look like a zipper. I mean, he was just, he, he couldn't have weighed 150 pounds wet. He was like a stilt guy. And he was raised in a, in a Christian home. He strayed from the Lord and got involved with a bad crowd, and then he went back to them. And they came to him one night and said, Stretch, we're going to go out drinking. He said, I give my life to the Lord. I'm done with that. He said, well, look, we need a designated driver. See, the enemy, he only needs... Stretch said, okay. So he's driving about five minutes later. He hears, Ah, come on, Stretch. One drink won't hurt. Maybe one drink didn't. But three or four drinks later, he went left to center and killed a family of six. To my knowledge, is still in prison. The enemy doesn't need much room. Well, what's a little beer? Just a, just a little bit of leaven, right? I'm telling you, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not just alcohol. God will run stuff out of us. It's a lifelong thing, is it not? You know if you're going to draw close to God and you get closer to the light, you start seeing remarkable flaws. But he equips us. Ephesians 6 and verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I know. Yeah, keep reading. You're boring me. That's the church today. We know this stuff. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench how many? All the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It doesn't stop there. Then he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That's part of the armor of God is praying in the spirit. That's what God has given us. It's to me. It's like we can. Uh, I can just see a knight, the the armor of a knight standing in the corner. It's like 
the armor of God. That's, this is mine. But what good does it do if we go out to battle and we don't have it on? To me, it's about as smart as driving and sitting on your seatbelt. Oh, that hit a nerve. You don't drive with your seatbelt on, you're crazy. You're crazy. One, it's the law. Two, you're looking at a man that had he not had his own would not be here today. Marsha and I were not very married very long. I had a CJ5, a brand new Jeep CJ5. Went out one morning and there was some black ice, didn't see it, went left the center and hit a coal truck head on. The state highway patrolman came to the site. He was there about five minutes. He said, where's the person driving that Jeep? I said, right here, am, sir. He looked me right in the eye and said, had your seatbelt on, didn't you? I said, you know I did. He said, if you wouldn't have, you would not be here. You would be on your way to the morgue. So it is with the armor. Does it do us any good to sit? Well, look, I got it right here with me. He says, no, put it on. Because if you'll put it on, he said, you're going to be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. And he's got them. He's, he's got all kinds of trickiness, does he not? I mean, he uses anyone. He'll use children. He'll use spouses. He'll use employees. He'll use employers. He'll use the media. All this stuff comes in, in our mind. We've got to have the armor on. Praying in the Spirit. Very, very important part of the armor that's overlooked. Oftentimes not even mentioned in the armor. And it is. It's part of it. it. Tells us in the book of Jude, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we build up our most holy faith. Our faith needs built up. Oh, it needs built up. First Corinthians twelve. I just really felt like a need to teach or preach on this because there's a lot of new people and this might be foreign to you. But if you're new, you've not been saved long, I'm telling you, we're, we actually are a full gospel church. We are. We actually do believe in speaking in tongues. We do. You may not know it or notice it by any of our services, but we do. I'm telling you, we need to have the Spirit of God moving here again. We need a move of God. We need the Spirit of God to fall fresh on us, knock us to our face and repent of our sins. Ask God to forgive us and fill us with His Spirit again fresh. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Well, I don't know. He might tell you. Yeah, He's going to tell you. You're going to hear it now or hear it later. He knows anyway, does He not? Verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Would you, who, where, where are you hiding? Where are you hiding out there? In a group this size, I promise you that there are people here whom God has given gifts to. Promise you. I promise you there's at least one person in this crowd tonight that God has given the gift of healing to. At least one. Probably more. I guarantee it. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. I said, I'm going to give, I got a different one for you, Alan, than I do for you, Dixie. But he gives different gifts to different people. But it all happens when the moving of the Spirit of God happens. And where the Word of God says, don't quench the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to tell you, my brothers and sisters, I fear we quench the Spirit of God in here a lot. This is not a rebuke, it's a confession. I believe we grieve the Spirit of God. Things that we consider important, I've not gone to the bathroom one time since I've been up here. Aren't you glad? What what if pastor did that? I'll, I'll hold that thought. I'll be right back. I, we, we, we. Look, like I said, I'm not rebuking you. I, 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 I'm, I'm just saying we have, we grieve God's spirit. And I believe that we are we are a part of a key here as to having the Spirit of God move among us. We we can grieve His Spirit. We don't want to. We we want to enter His gates with thanksgiving. We want to enter His courts with praise. We want this place to. We want to offer a sacrifice to God. Are you with me or? Look at the the 14th chapter, 1 Corinthians. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, what does everyone, what's the one gift everyone wants? They want to speak in tongues. Tongues is a good thing. Tongues is the initial evidence that you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. But, well, we'll just read. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. 
but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Isn't it the weirdest thing when someone gives a message in tongues and there's no interpretation? Oh my gosh, it, minutes are days. I, I just feel like I want to go out there and say, Is it you? Give it. Quit holding back. Is it you? You need choke. Give it. You understand how powerful that is? Look what it says in the Word of God. Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? That's why Bruce is not on a guitar or on the keyboard. Are you following me? That's exactly... You say, what in the world was that? That's what he's saying. He said this... He, he's using an analogy here. He said, for if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what's spoken? For you'll be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Now, I'm just going to give you a little confession time. It's a pet peeve of mine. I love going to Kaim Lumber in Charm. Anyone ever been there? If you are a, a contractor, you are a cabinet maker or a furniture maker, uh, you live for a trip to Kaim Lumber. It's awesome. But it aggravates me mm-hmm. when they start speaking that Pennsylvania Dutch. Because I don't know what they're saying. Look, the same thing happens in here. If someone gives a message in tongues, someone says, what was that? It's aggravating. What was that? What, what's that supposed to mean? It, unless it's done right. Now, let's look. Even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray he may interpret. Oh, yeah. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Looking at me like I'm crazy. We pray in the Holy Ghost. Remember, that's what we're supposed to be doing, being filled with the Spirit of God, praying in the Spirit. So we pray in the Spirit. Someone would come up to me and say, what did you just pray? I say, I'm clueless. Couldn't tell you. Well, we know in Romans 8 that God tells me he makes intercession for us. The Spirit does according to the will of God. So when I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I know whatever I'm praying is right on target with what God wants. I have no clue what it is. But I know it's according to the will of God. But my understanding is unfruitful. What's the conclusion then? I'll pray with the Spirit. 
also pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit and also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at the giving of your thanks since he does not understand what you say? And, and many a time people who will, and I've got to be real careful about this, but people who will give a message in tongues, it's like they got a badge now. Look. But if there's no interpretation for it, you've got a question about whether or not it was from God or not. Because, let's read on. For you indeed give thanks well, but the others not edified. I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it's written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I'll speak to this people, and yet for all that, they'll not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. I love this. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place, and all speak in tongues, and there comes in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are all out of your mind? Yes, they will. They're crazy there. But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he's convinced by all, he's convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. That's what happens when it's done right. Even when a message comes in tongues and the interpretation is given, if it is done right, conviction falls. I've been in services where I've seen like a husband and wife tag team. He always gave the message. She always interpreted. I'm just going to tell you I doubt it. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or three at the most, each in turn, and let one interpret. Said if it's going to be done right, you're not going to have all these people speaking in tongues, not praying in tongues, but speaking in tongues. You understand there's a difference. You with me? Praying in tongues is not speaking in tongues. Not giving a message in tongues. But, if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. How are you going to know if there's an interpreter in church? Look, if God moves on your heart, 
it is truly God. The Holy Spirit moved on you to give a message in tongues. I guarantee you there's an interpreter in church. Promise you. God wouldn't do that. God would not do that. Let two or three prophets speak and let others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can prophesy one by one that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. We're full gospel. I don't care who's running for president. I don't care what the economy looks like. We are a full gospel church. And the Spirit of God should have free reign in here. We, God the Holy Ghost should be able to convict us of all of our junk. I just can't help but think of John the Baptist when he was baptizing people in the Jordan, they came in the Jordan, they came and they were confessing their sins. And I can't, I, I don't even remember the last time someone came and was confessing sins. Because we don't want people to know what we're into. Oh my gosh, we need the Spirit of God. We need a move of God. If you're here tonight, the reason I ask at the beginning of service if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, now I don't know whether you're just holding back or you didn't want to raise your hand, but there were a lot of hands that did not go up. If you've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, at the altar time, I want you to come down. Daryl, like for you to come. Lenny, can you break loose back there possibly and come? If you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost, tonight's your night. I'm not saying come and understand it. I still don't understand it. I still don't. It makes no sense to me. But I know it's good because of the resistance. I know it must be good, and I know the Spirit of God is making intercession for me according to the will of God, as it says in Romans 8. When I pray in tongues, my understanding is unfruitful. I have no idea, but man, it builds up my faith. That's what the Word of God says it's going to do in Jude. You building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost in verse 20 in Jude. Praying in the Holy Ghost. There's something that happens. So, if you're out there tonight, you had to do what I did. Here we go. <laughs> Lord, Lord, it's, it's kind of like everything else in this walk. We've got to do it by faith. But listen, the enemy fears someone who is seeking the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Which would you rather wrestle Someone with power, someone without power. You got a chance to get an arm wrestling match with me or Alan? Where are you going? They'd be lined up here at my line. It'd be the longer any line I've ever had. 
Listen, that's, what, that's how the enemy views us. The enemy can chew us up and spit us out. But greater is he that's in me. He fears the one that's Lord of my life. He fears the one that's inside of me. Yes, he can. He can chew me up any time. But not the one that's protecting me. Not the one who's engraved my name on the palm of his hand. Not that one. He fears him. Because he went to him one day as he descended into hell. And he took the, back the keys of hell and death. And he says to us, I give you power over all power of the devil. That's what he says to us. He said, nothing by any means hurt you. Sometimes I think it's best I can't see what you're thinking. Sometimes there was a time I thought, man, I'd love to know what they're thinking. I thought, no, I probably wouldn't. Probably not. If you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost, you got music back there? Go ahead and put it on. If, if you've not been filled with the Holy Ghost, or if you just need a fresh infilling, if you then, being evil, know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, how much will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Ask Him. That, I, I know you receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. This is a whole separate thing. All you got to do is read the book of Acts. The, the disciples were saved. The apostles were saved. But he said, you tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise from on high. Because I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We need to start getting radical. And I'm telling you, it cannot happen without the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You can tell our prayers are... I'll leave it alone. We need filled with the Spirit of God. Come on down, church. If you're here, you need, you want the infilling, you come to me and we'll find Daryl, we'll find Lenny. We'll pray for you. Let yourself be known.